Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back. Canucks After Dark here on Wednesday, July 21st. Our first episode with 32 different NHL teams with full <laughs> rosters officially. Uh, and the Vancouver Canucks have a fresh new rival. And of course, I am joined as always by Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? I'm great, Parker. I've been looking forward to this one. Not only is this the month of Wednesday episodes, but yes, a 32nd team now. 32 teams have rosters, all varying degrees of strength, which I know we are going to get into today. Uh, but uh, it was an exciting day, not only for the NHL, of course, for Seattle, but I think for Vancouver Canucks fans as well. Absolutely. It's just uh, it's just going to build up. And one thing that was really exciting to me was as they were announcing the regular season home opener for the Seattle Kraken, and they said, the whoever was announcing it said, who do you want to see on night one? And the entire crowd was yelling Vancouver. And then they said it and there was cheering and excitement. And that was really cool to see because Seattle's going to be embracing this rivalry right off the bat too. At least these diehard fans that went to the uh, reveal event. So uh, it's a brand new rivalry, the first real geographical rival for the Canucks. Yes, uh, and it is yes. going to be a ton of fun. Well, I know you were excited. Uh, is it public? Am I about to say? No, oh, you you put it on Twitter, didn't yep. didn't you do a reservation of some sort? Yep, I have I have booked my hotel for October twenty third. I will hopefully be in the arena that night uh, for the first Kraken game in yeah. Climate Pledge Arena, which will be fun. But as always, uh, everyone who's watching live, we are so happy you are here, and everyone listening after the fact on the podcast. Uh, good yeah. to have you on as well. We'll be reading your comments throughout the show and we can show them up on screen just like this one from Justin saying, let the rivalry begin. Absolutely. He's ready. He's it ready. It's going to be a ton of fun. We've got a lot of topics because this was it was a big week, right? I mean, the last seven yeah. days, a ton has happened. We had that big roster freeze day on Sunday where there was just news flying in left and right tr about like like 10 trades, 10, 11 trades being made on Sunday alone. Just and the Canucks, trying to the Canucks were in one. Yes. <laughs> and it wasn't a bad one. Yeah. Uh, like teams just trying to shore up their protection lists and, and make sure they're not losing any guys for free. Uh, and it, I think most teams did a pretty good job of that, trying to, you know, protect their assets as well as possible. Uh, and then, of course, uh, today was wild with every team's pick except Detroit's being unveiled before like 9 a.m., <laughs> Uh, and the whole expansion draft process being ruined, uh, but we do have a lot of stuff to get uh, to get into. And I guess there's no better place to start than with the Seattle Kraken yeah. joining the NHL uh, and making their selections uh, today. Yeah. Before we get into the picks, Parker, where do you come out on this whole um, that all basically we knew all 30 picks by 3 p.m. today? Were you fine with it? Forget about our streams first. We, we can get yeah. into that because that's that's another fun little you know added factor. But overall, the, this whole philosophy of now compared to four years ago, Twitter, YouTube, vloggers, reporters, insiders. What's your take on it? So, personally, when I when I saw a couple get leaked out um, at like seven seven thirty after the list got, uh, I was like, okay, maybe like four or five will come through, and that's fine, yeah. right? At least there will be some suspense. But as the day went on, and as the next two hours really went on and every single teams was known, I was kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, 
Okay, well, uh, I guess tonight's going to be fun. I have nothing to talk about. Um, look, <laughs> if we're looking, if we're trying to figure out who to blame, right, it's entirely the NHL, uh, mm. in my mm. opinion. The insiders are doing their job. Frank Saravalli should not care about ESPN's first NHL event. That's not his job. His job right. is to bring a bunch of attention to his new employer, Daily Faceoff, and he absolutely crushed every single insider out of the park today. Yep. And cemented his name as right now the number one insider in the industry at least so far this offseason so he did yes. his job he did everything you're supposed to do and the nhl the planning was terrible you want seattle to submit their list 10 hours before the reveal that is way too much time to allow someone or a bunch of people to have leaks come out, especially when you have agents being informed, yes. uh, families being informed. Someone's going to spill the beans uh, and you just you gave too much time to do it, in my opinion. No, oh, that's a really good point. You're right. The insiders and you're right. Frank Cervelli did take the lead. Then you still have guys like LeBron and, and Friedman and Chris Johnson. They're, they're going hard too. But you're right. With that 10-hour gap, between an agent or someone seeing Giordano get on a flight, right on a plane to Seattle, or or whatever it is, like I just made that one up. But you know what I'm saying is, you're, there you're, there are too many potential leaks, cracks, whatever it be. Now, how, I can't remember how did they do the Vegas one? Was it way better or way more tight? I think so. I think there was a couple that leaked out, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. But I, I I don't remember the entire thing being spoiled beforehand. <laughs> like I I do remember a lot of stuff coming out. And then there was a bunch of people saying, well, at least we're going to hear about all the side deals tonight and stuff like that. But none of that came to fruition. Apparently those are supposed to be announced tomorrow. But then there's people like cap friendly saying there were no side deals made on when it comes to who Seattle actually picked and who they actually took, but there's side deals on like after the fact trades with these new assets. And it's right. just a whole can of worms that no one really knows what's going on. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, Seattle's got their roster and we just had it completely ruined. <laughs> <laughs> and no one is ever going to um, uh, confuse you or me as insiders, but we like no. to make videos reacting to what we hear, right? That's that's kind of what we do. And I know, I don't know about you, Parker, I had one person who's actually a, a regular viewer of my stuff. Uh, he was actually very, very gracious, and he just says, uh, please put spoiler in the in the title mm. because because um, I, I talked about how Colin was going to be the Canucks pick because of what Rick Dollywell reported. And, right. you know, generally when I get those kind of comments, I kind of dismiss them and, and I kind of say, well, you know, grow up or this is kind of the way that, but actually the way he wrote it, I, I, I'll admit Parker, I actually felt a tiny bit bad. So I wrote back to him. I just said, uh, thank you for, for your honesty and, and for not going to town on me. Uh, you're right. But if, uh, you know, I don't, were you going to plan to stay off of social media all day? And I, I just kind of asked him nicely yeah. and he came back to me nicely and it, it was all fine, but it, it, did it give me pause? Not really, because I, you know, I don't have to be the first one, but I, I do want to show that I know what I'm talking about and I can react to it, right? I don't know. Right. I mean, I like, yeah, we could have made our videos at 7 p.m. Uh, tonight <laughs> and said, hey, look, because of the, you know, they showed it and Colin was picked, but yes. we had the information way earlier. Yeah. Uh, and mo most people don't get our their breaking news from us. Most people yes. <laughs> like our opinions typically and like our takes on these yeah. news. And that's why they follow us, right? No one's following us because break, yes. Yeah. No one's watching your Canucks game post game live stream <laughs> yeah. to find out what happened in the game, right? They want to yes. know your takes on it. They want chats, opinions and everything like that. So sure. Personally, stuff like that. I, my thought is, look, it's if you're not going to see it from me, uh, Sportsnet's probably going to post something on it. A bunch of other channels are probably going to post something on it. It's all over Twitter. It's all over yeah. Reddit. It's all over XYZ website. 
you're going to run into it somewhere. If I'm the first place you see it, I'm not going to be the last place you see it. So. Although I saw the the comment on your video from the week uh, a couple days ago. So didn't someone think you were replacing Don Cherry? That was awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember exactly. I, I guess. So I was doing my stream um, with doing a mock expansion draft back on Sunday. Which was, uh, which was a yes, really, fun, really fun stream. Uh, I've had yep. chat doing polls and stuff to, to pick our players. And the, this guy, I guess, I guess he thought he was watching Sportsnet or something. <laughs> And he comes in and he's like, where'd they find this guy? Bring back Don Cherry. I might be a little confused. He did, He to give him benefit of the doubt, he did say that in the middle of his comment. He said, I, I don't know if I'm confused or something, but who who brought this guy in? And I'm like, like buddy, this is this is YouTube. Like everyone, like you can make a video. Like go for it. Like, <laughs> you should invite him. Yeah. Invite him. Don't, don't him replace on. me, but invite him. Yeah, <laughs> bring him on the show. Yeah. So things like that just crack me up. And it's like, look, uh, I mean, I'm not in the wrong here. You're just mistaken. And uh, you know, go, you can go back to you can go back to Sportsnet if you want to get uh, you know the the old guys' opinions, uh, the insiders. Uh, I'm just a guy with an opinion and yes. having some fun. So good. So start us off, Parker. Your Regardless of you knew if you knew at 9 a.m. or you knew at 7 p.m., what's your first overall take on this roster, which I think you and I and everyone knows is not this isn't going to be the October whatever 50th right. opening night roster. We know that for sure. It's not as good as it could have been. It, it yeah. depends. I, I From looking at that, I couldn't tell what their overall goal was, right? Mm. If they had gone out and taken Eberly, Domi, Giordano, Tarasenko, uh, Dadnov, like you would look at that and be like, all right, they want to win now. Like they're coming out. And I think that would have been a fair thing for them to do, right? This Pacific division clearly is struggling. If there's ever going to be a window, <laughs> this might be it. And when you do have the, the ability to pull some real good pieces together, uh, maybe a chip on their shoulder, like we saw in Vegas, then they'd have a shot. But, yeah. or they could have gone the opposite route. They could have picked a bunch of 23 year old guys, a bunch of RFAs, uh, gone straight for value and tried to flip for draft picks because they have no prospect pool right now. Try to build that up and, and you know, yeah. build a good organization. But they kind of took the middle ground, right? They took guys like Mark Giordano and they took yeah. guys like Jordan Eberly. But then they they made some other interesting decisions um, where they they didn't necessarily take the best player available. Um, like uh, I don't even I can't even remember his name. There's one guy who I Gavin something I've never heard of his name before. Uh, yeah. a, bunch, a bunch of players like that where I'm like I'm like who? Gavin Babe Can you repeat that? <laughs> Gavin Babe Ruther from Columbus. Defenseman. Babe Ruther. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard of that guy before, and and you know, yeah. going with guys like Alex True uh, yeah. out of out of San Jose or Carson yeah. Twarinski out of <laughs> Philadelphia. Like to me, JVR was a slam dunk pick out of, out of Philadelphia because yeah. he's going to put up sixty points. You can have him on your first line. His contract's not too unreasonable, like seven million yeah. bucks. But they go with Carson Twarinski and yes. Tyler Pitlick and Nathan Bastion, and it's just it's a bunch of guys where. It doesn't make a ton of sense because you put that with the Yanni Gourds, Jared McCanns, uh, and it's like, okay, well, are, what it, what is your goal here? And and right now, I think they've sort of put together a probably middle of the road team with yeah. thirty million dollars of cap space left, and That's that was kind of clear that that was their goal was let's get some some good pieces, but let's not get greedy on good pieces. Let's have some cap space. Let's attack with this flat cap world let's see if we can uh exploit some teams with this cap space we might have maybe bring some more assets in and then use that space and free agency to maybe try to round out this roster that we've put together no i love what you said parker when i look at this roster 
there's a few guys up front that have a bit of name cachet, I guess, Yanni, Gord, and Jordan Everly, but there's no one that gets me really excited, right? And then when you have Brandon, Brandon Tanev as your third or fourth highest paid forward, that's kind of right. weird. Their D, I, I don't mind a top four. I granted they got to sign all these guys, but I don't mind a top four of of Giordano, of uh, Larson, of Dunn, and I'm missing one guy. Who's uh, there? Flurry uh, 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 and Alexiak. So maybe right. four or five guys, right? Right. And then goaltending is the interesting one because they only have five million, right? Three and a half, and then seven fifty, seven fifty. They only have five million in three guys, and whether or not those are three guys they start with, that's really fascinating. Right, me. and and the whole Carey Price thing was a wild saga there too. Where yes. we saw that, and, I, and everyone was like, "They're going to take Carey Price because it's going to be awesome, and they're going to have a really good team." And it's like, no, because because he's literally put up like a nine hundred the last three regular seasons. This isn't this isn't a safe <laughs> bet. This isn't a smart bet. Don't take Carey Price. And they make some smart moves. They go after yeah. a young goalie in Chris Dreger, who, in his two abbreviated seasons that he's played some games in he's been very good right like he's been a really solid goalie and albeit he's only played like 40 nhl games but if he even if he drops down to like a 9 10 save percentage as a top top 50 percent starting goalie in the nhl you're laughing on a three and a half million dollar cap hit right um vitek vanacek again another unproven guy who's very cheap but he showed some promise in those games yes. where he was filling in for Samsonov in uh, in Washington. Yep. Uh, the Joey Decord pick threw me off a little bit because I think everyone had already set in stone that it was going to be Capo uh, Kakinen from mm-hmm. uh, from Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. I guess they wanted Carson Soucy, and then that prevented them from getting Dadnov from Ottawa, which is sort of what I thought would happen. Um, but I, I honestly I like the moves in net. I think paying your entire you have three goalies who are unproven and you only need one of them to end up being good really to <laughs> yeah. be a starter right you have you have three probably decent chance lottery tickets and that's instead of going with a Braden Holpe who would have cost almost as much as all three of them combined and hasn't been good uh, yeah. or Carey Price who hasn't been good in the regular season and would have cost double what all three of them combined are for the next 5 years so uh, <laughs> i really like what they did uh, in goal yeah. Now, I admit, I don't know. Um, uh, I, I'm not an expert on all the guys on all the teams. Like, you get, you asked me to name third and fourth liners from all, every team. Not so good. Third pairing D men. But there are some guys who either I've never heard of or I can't say their names or a combination of both. Like, uh, I was actually doubting my own hockey knowledge when I saw some <laughs> of these names. <laughs> right. I was like, have I been living under a rock? Like, who's, who's Nathan Bastion? Yes. Uh, who's yes. William Borgen? And Curtis uh, McDermott is not a household name. Maybe in his own house. I, well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it was so funny to me, like the, the sort of just the weird brain discrepancy in my head. It's like, they're bringing out the, the legendary championship winning head coach of the Seattle supersonics to announce William Borgen <laughs> from the Buffalo Sabres. And it was like, Kate, you couldn't have like given him like Eberly or yes, even like a Donskoy yes. or something. Like it, it was, it was funny to me that and and like all the guys trying to pronounce these weird names. Like okay, Torinsky. so did you like Sean Kemp doing Donskoy or did you like Marshawn Lynch trying to do? I can't even say it. Cali uh, Yarncroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love Marshawn so much. Uh, I I he was just like my boy Cali, and I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I will never hate on anything Marshawn Lynch ever does. <laughs> I was joking around in, in my stream about what was worse, Sean Kemp trying to say Don Skoy or Stan Smeal trying to say Pod Colson. 
Yeah, no, it was like he said, like what Jonas Donsquee or something yeah, like that. Like, yeah, and, but yeah. he said Donsquee. Yeah, it was just yeah, so. It was, it was great. And Sean Kemp's put on a few pounds, eh? <laughs> a few okay. of those guys have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I shouldn't talk, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, so yeah, a lot of surprising picks, and I mean, we haven't even really talked since the since the lists were published, but mm. I mean, guys like Mark Giordano being available, kind of a surprise, and. An absolute slam dunk pick, I think, for the yep. Kraken. I mean, you're bringing yep. in a guy, and it. This was one of those things where, at first glance, it's like, well, they brought in all these young guys, and they brought in Giordano, who's like on the tail end of his career, but he's on an expiring contract. He yep. is, he he's an excellent leader. Clearly, yeah. he's the captain of the Flames, uh, and he still has value. So if if Seattle puts a good run together and they're competing for a playoff spot, Giordano's a great piece. If they aren't competing for a playoff spot come February and the trade deadline comes around, well, you can probably fetch a good haul for a Mark Giordano right before the playoffs. So that was yeah. one of the one of the obvious picks, and uh, they didn't mess that one up. I'd say, yeah, for sure. And did you draw? Did you read anything into the six guys that were actually there? Hayden Fleury, Mark Giordano, Jamie Alexia, Chris Dreger, Jordan Everly, and Brandon Tanev. Because obviously you wouldn't spend the time, money, expense to fly them in if you're not going to re-sign them or not going to sign them if they're UFA. You know, Did you read anything to that or do you think anything can happen and they were the guys that were able to be there? Yeah, I didn't read too much into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I think I think it was probably just those were the... I, I think they, they knew they needed to have some faces there. Sure. Right? To be like, look, we actually have players, right? <laughs> uh, and I, I, but I don't think there was too much. I think it was like either guys who are already fairly close to the area or sure. picks that they kind of knew as of Sunday, and they're like, hey, we're not changing this one. Let's call the guy and yeah, see if he good can point. fly out here. Uh, and I think, and with a bit of name recognition, of course, too. Right. And, yeah, and you so, bring up uh, Curtis McDermott and <laughs> right, and like Giordano, like they they probably knew they were gonna pick him come yeah. Sunday. Um, yes. But maybe a guy like Cole Lind, you wouldn't want to bring like bring down because you might not have known that you were taking Cole Lind until 7 a.m. this morning because you might have been, yes. you know, uh, mixing up with some other options. So uh, I right. think those are probably just some of the more solid picks because um, you imagine you get the call to come down and then the next day like, actually, no, we changed our mind. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Can you go back? Uh, well, we could talk about that. That. Uh, uh Pike Place fish story in a second. Can you put up Moritz's comment, though? Is that cool? Sure, I can pull that yeah. up here. Because we're grateful for everyone that are here, whether you're Hot Take Hockey, the legend himself, even though he calls us legends, here from Toronto, or from Austria. Good morning from Austria, guys. What a shame it all got spoiled. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Really excited about the upcoming rivalry. Moritz, thank you for being here. That is awesome. Yeah, super cool whenever we get uh, the international crowd in on here. Because, I mean, you look at our stats and it's like, 70% Canada, yeah. most of the rest the US, which is probably like Washington area. And then yeah. you get the occasional, the Australias, the Austrias, the Germanys, like all these weird little, or not weird places, but like weird that there's people listening there, from yeah. that far away. Uh, yes. So very, very cool uh, to see. So thank you, Moritz. And thank you, everyone listening, as always. Can I spend two minutes or a minute and a half on this uh, fish story? Absolutely. Okay. So everyone, you guys might have seen this. Someone was filming, uh, was there when ESPN was filming the Toronto Maple Leafs pick. So it was all the guys in, in Seattle's, uh, what's it called? Is it Pike called? Uh, yeah, Pike Place. And the, that famous place where they, they chuck fish around and they yell and they, they get all excited. So they filmed one and one guy filmed it and it was them picking Alex Kerfoot. This guy posts it on Twitter and then I'll get to the backstory in a second. And then everyone say, okay, I guess they're picking Kerfoot. Seattle Kraken 
the official Twitter account, they reply saying, or maybe this is one of the five or six that we filmed. Some yeah. people back the Kraken. Others say, oh, no, they're just trying to save face. Then it comes out that this guy actually, he said they only filmed one take, i.e. Right. only talked about Kerfoot. But then he has a DM came out where he actually said to the Seattle Kraken, send me a jersey or I'm going to go public with this post. <laughs> and then there was a, it was funny because there was another post this morning from a different yes. angle of someone recording the Jared McCann take, yes. which was excellent. And I mean, I yes. saw that, I saw that, uh, that yesterday and I was like, well, one, like, yeah, they, they might have selected, like they might have it locked in who they're going to pick, but they're going to like, while they're there, they're going to just do a couple names just in case. Yes. Right. Yes. Like I'm thinking, I'm like, look, this is, this is a, this is a, a team that was just purchased for $650 million. They're not going to just do one take and then panic. If someone, if Ron Francis changes his mind at 7am this morning. Right. So it, it was, it was like I, the whole time, like one, I don't think Kerfoot's the right pick. Cause I right. think McCann's a better pick. And yep. two, there's no way they're not t- doing more than one take, but that was <laughs> definitely a very, a very funny sequence of events. Yeah. So um, all to say it wasn't be Jared McCann who, as many people pointed out, never even put on a Toronto Maple Leafs uniform. So if John's still in here, I'm wondering if he was disappointed at all. John, if you're, if you're still in here, leave a comment then. Do you care? Were you happy with the pick that it was McCann, not Kerfoot? We'd love to hear from a Toronto Maple Leafs vlogger, fan, superstar perspective. Absolutely. And of course, this is Canucks after dark. So let's talk yeah. about the one pick that did come from Vancouver, not the highest profile pick on this roster <laughs> by any means, probably uh, close to the bottom <laughs> of the list. But Seattle does take Cole Lind from the Vancouver Canucks. Were you surprised? Uh, what was your initial reaction? Yeah, um, was I surprised? No, I had narrowed it down to and just who am I? But from what I'd heard from to Lind, Holtby and McEwen, then I think McEwen fell off. So it was really Lind or Holtby and so I, I think it could have gone either way, uh, but I cert- and there's supposedly some other teams that are in on Holtby. Of course, it would be nice if Seattle took him full and then no no salary retention, but we will see what happens. Obviously, Colin becomes expendable or at least has to be exposed because of the trade for Jason Dickinson. I know we'll get into that too. So all to say, Parker, no, I wasn't surprised. I'm not, I'm not going to pile on him just because he didn't work out here or at least he didn't get a chance to work out here. He's only 22 years old, second-round pick in the Pedersen year. But in the seven games here was just okay. They're mean nothing games, but maybe didn't do enough to impress the brass. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who weren't following sort of too closely on the Twitter sphere the last couple of days, uh, the rumor was that it was looking like it was going to be Holtby because it looked like the Canucks were trying to do something to make that happen. Um, from the Seattle side, picking Holtby didn't really make sense, right? Mm-hmm. It was basically confirmed that they were going to be signing Chris Dreger. Uh, the only real scenario that they would, that taking Holtby would have made sense would be if the Canucks took some salary and then they flipped him or something like that. Uh, and it looks like since basically no side deals were made, none of that <laughs> panned out. And I think Seattle made the smart choice when it really came down to, I mean, clearly they, they were prioritizing cap space in this expansion yep. draft. Uh, so your three options were Lind, who makes nothing, Gadjevich, who makes nothing, and Zach McEwen, who makes nothing. Three guys yep. who you can who have 100% contracts that you can just throw in the AHL and never think about again. Um, right. So when you're looking at those three guys, uh, and I think I said this last week, where uh, Zach McEwen is kind of a known quantity, and he's a guy who can bring energy to your fourth line, although this year he wasn't very good um, yeah. at all. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's probably a guy who you can have use your 13th forward or flip back and forth between the AHL and NHL uh, as a fourth line sort of energy guy uh, who can bring some physicality. Jonah Gadjevich probably going to be 
probably a higher floor than a Cole Lind because I could see Gadjevich sort of, you know, sticking on like a fourth line somewhere. Again, just being sort of a, a bigger physical guy who can who can work in the corners. But I think mm-hmm. Cole Lind, because if you're Seattle, you can get as many of these third, fourth line guys. That's basically all the expansion draft is, right? It's a bunch of third or fourth line guys. So you don't need another guy whose ceiling is like a third or fourth line guy. Cole yeah. Lind gives you that chance to... Even if it's a slim chance, he might end up being a low-end second-line player or maybe a, a good guy on a scoring third line. Um, yeah. Although there's might be a better chance that he doesn't make it at all. Um, yes. So I think if you're Seattle, that's probably the safe pick. And again, it's it's a it's 100% of a contract that you just you can completely get out of, and there's no risk taking it on. Yes, and I think uh, yeah, I remember. Parker going to like these summer training camp events. And when I saw Lind, I was see, and this was three or four years ago, right? I was quite impressed, uh, maybe mm-hmm. three years ago, because, you know, he's not the biggest guy ever, but he's got decent size and he looked like a man compared to some of the other guys he was playing with. I thought he had a really good first period that I think he was lined up with Horvat and Pearson, if I'm not mistaken, or um, I, he had a really good first game. And then he kind of tailed off. And you're wondering, well, is he another one of these? Highmore, you know, uh, Harlock, VC yeah. Boyd type guys who just kind of nondescript, right? So um, it, it, obviously the Jason Dickinson trade uh, sealed his fate that way. So I'm not rooting against him because he didn't work out here or because he's playing for Seattle. I'm not rooting for him necessarily. But uh, yeah, you never know with him. But you make a good point. At his, He's an RFA. They might not... I understand he does need waivers. If they sign him, they, he, he will need waivers to clear waivers before. So they have to make a decision on him is, is my point, I guess. Right. And I mean, we yeah. saw him for, you know, seven games basically at the end of the season and didn't do much. I mean, they showed they showed the graphic for Cole Lind on the screen and it was, you know, every every player and a lot of the players, it was like in their 36 NHL games, they yeah, had yeah. 11 points or whatever. But for Cole Lind, it was like, Average 13.06 time on ice in seven <laughs> NHL games. Like, that was the stat. That was all they had for him. It was like, yep, he uh, he played hockey a little bit. Yeah, uh, yes. And that, that was all they could could put up because that was really all that happened. He he didn't really have an impact in those seven mm-hmm. games. Look, getting your feet under you in the NHL, obviously not an easy thing to do. Um, yeah. But I think the Canucks sort of saw, look, he, maybe he's not. You know, they, they, they were able to see, all right, he is not for sure going to make it. Right, like he's yes. like he didn't come in, blow the doors off, put up four points in seven games, and be a, a real fixture out there. Uh, they saw, you know what? He's not a hundred percent locked to make it. Mm. He's probably, you know, a safe one to let go. And yeah. uh, and for Seattle, you know, there's still some potential there. Uh, so it looks like uh, it makes sense all around. Awesome. So good segue. Before we get into the hottest segment, sweeping the nation, that we actually forgot to do last week. Uh, what were your thoughts when we first you first heard that the Canucks acquired? Jason Dickinson from the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I mean, my first thought because uh, it well, I was on the golf course and yeah. uh, and I see and I it's after twelve because twelve o'clock was the was the cutoff, yeah. and and then I see Canucks. I was like, there's a move coming uh, for the Canucks, a useful piece, said Thomas Strantz. Yes, and and so I'm there and I'm just like and I'm just refreshing just refresh every every three seconds like come on in between in between shots in between shots yeah. yeah and then i go up take my shot and i keep refreshing and it takes like 20 minutes before any actual information comes out about it and then it comes out that it's jason dickinson going to vancouver and that's the first piece of news that comes out yes and my first thought is 
I think I know who that is. That's a name I've heard before. And I go up and I, I pull up his stats. And I'm like, oh, all right, you know, decent stats, third liner probably. And then I look at the analytics and I see that defensive number. I'm like, oh, this guy's this guy's a shutdown center. All right, that's yep. fine. And the return comes in a third round pick. Who cares? <laughs> right? <laughs> a third round pick. I mean, we we get excited about third round picks all the time, right? They come through and, and you know, right after the draft happens on Friday or on Saturday after, you know, the Canucks make some selections, we're gonna look at the Canucks fourth round pick and be like, Well, maybe this and this will happen and but they, they rarely do, right? So at the end of the day, uh, third round pick, you're basically giving up nothing and you're in return you're getting a young, restricted free agent, um, who is an elite shutdown center, right? Mm. Can't do much offensively, but yep. you, you throw him out there on the penalty kill. You throw him out there in a defensive situation and he does a good job. And yeah. that's something that the Canucks kind of lack, right? They kind of had two guys who were supposed to do that in Jay Beagle, Brandon Sutter. <laughs> I knew you're going there, <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, like they were kind of just out there. It felt like, so uh, yeah. I think it's a good piece. It does. My one worry is it does kind of go against the, three scoring lines philosophy because yeah. that's not going to happen but i mean the the canucks didn't really have the personnel to make that happen anyways yeah and in theory if you're giving jason dickinson some of the shutdown roles that horvat has been forced to play then maybe you are freeing Bo up to worry not so much about defense not so much about shutting down but rather uh being the the good offensive player that he is you know it's so funny that you mentioned that you're golfing on saturday and you're checking because i had a similar experience and it even includes golf Saturday morning, as you know, I bowl with my boys. So it's 12 o'clock. We're packing up and I see the same tweets and I'm refreshing, refreshing. So then I had to go to golf town just to get my driver uh, regripped. And as I'm pulling into the parking lot, I see the, the actual the, the confirmation and Jacob's with me. So I just uh, forget it, Jake, just sit here. And I didn't even know anything about him, right? To be honest, I just pressed record. I said, Jake, look up his stats on your phone. Nice. And we were going blind and it pretty much showed. And then I remembered afterwards or during that he was the guy that was standing there with Bo Horvat with Ryan Reeves right. during the Black Lives Matter uh, press conference. He was the one kneeling with Tyler Sagan, Robin Leonard and Ryan Reeves during that uh, round robin game. So um, you can tell he's a leader. He's he's not afraid to stand up for what he believes in. And I love what you said. He's kind of going to do what we hope Brandon Sutter does, did, yet he's cheaper and he's younger. So those mm -hmm. are two good things in my book. Yeah. And I mean, you're at, like, you're looking at a guy who's, you know, never played 82 games in a season, but like 22 points in 67 games, 21 points in 65 games. That's kind of his pace, right? So yes. just maybe just under a 30 point player, 28 points, maybe something like that over the course of a season on your third yep. line. That's totally fine. Totally yep, fine you want, production. Exactly. And if you can do that and then be one of the, you know, top top 10% of on the defensive side, that's yeah. excellent. You're also then bringing a guy uh, with excellent character, as you just said, clearly into the locker yep. room, which can't yes. hurt. Uh, a guy who has, you know, led the charge on, on social issues and has clearly a good relationship with some guys in the room, uh, says all the right things. He had his interview after where he was saw, talking about how he was rooting for the Canucks back in 2011 and he's tr he models his game like he saw Ryan Kessler out there and he wanted to be yeah. like that, uh, saying all the right things. Uh, and I'm excited uh, for him to come to Vancouver for sure. That is awesome. So, yes, I, I think uh, I am fine with... Uh, uh, line up down the middle of Pedersen, Horvat, Dickinson, and Beagle for one more year for Beagle yep. at least. And then, uh, you know, he takes Sutter's penalty killing. So you have, you have Mott, Beagle, 
Dickinson and someone as your penalty killers, whether it's a Highmore, a Pearson, uh, Miller's done that as well, or someone new. Um, so yeah, he uh, he's going to play a prominent role, and it sounds like he's up for the challenge. And I, I really, I'm I'm really looking forward to. I'm not going to buy his jersey, Parker, mind you, hmm. but I am I am looking forward to seeing him play for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think the only real downside that we saw was faceoffs. Uh, I think yeah. it was like 45, 47 percent, something like that. Which look, I think faceoffs are overrated normally. <laughs> unless you're a penalty killer. I think that's one of the times where, because winning a face-off on the penalty kill means that you take 15, 20 seconds off the power play immediately, right? Yes. Uh, so that might be a scenario where Horvat comes on for a draw, wins yep. it, gets off as it gets cleared, yes. and, then, and then they rotate onto a power play. So, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you might be looking at taking three minutes of penalty killing away from Bo Horvat a game, Mm -hmm. And just, yeah, like you said, just putting that into offense, right? Saying, oh, all right, yeah. now we can give you more time on the power play on, you know, on offensive zone starts when we actually have a chance to score. Yeah. Uh, and the, I think having a third line that you can reliably put out there and not get killed against uh, <laughs> opens up more opportunity to be a little more greedy with your offensive zone starts, right? You don't have to put Horvat out in your defensive zone every time if you have a guy who... Or if you have a good third line that can, you know, take the puck away, get possession, get it down the ice, get off the ice. Uh, yes. So that allows you to put Pedersen out there in more offensive situations, put Horvat out there in more offensive situations, and hopefully just have the puck more often. Yes, well said. And while while we load up for, so I are you okay, Parker? If we do our call out for, our don't do sure. that now. All right. So spend a couple, spend a minute or so, everyone. Give us your best. Don't do that. And while you're doing that, I'm just gonna answer Shannon. Shannon, I know you're camping this weekend, so you didn't hear that. Yeah, we traded for this this wonderful young player. Well, uh, this young player from the Dallas Stars named Jason Dickinson, and we will see how well he does. I think he's wonderful. Okay, he's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, uh, you you take that so quickly. Send in your don't do that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see yeah. a couple already. Go for it. Uh, oh man, I gotta have the comments up, hey. Uh, yeah. uh, see, it says underestimating the power of the Kraken. Don't do that. So yeah, I mean, we all underestimated Vegas when uh, mm -hmm. when their roster came out because I mean it didn't look very good, right? Yeah. We didn't think uh, these guys like Riley Smith and William Carl. We didn't think William Carlson was gonna go score forty one goals. Uh, <laughs> so we don't know who that might be. If that was a once in a lifetime thing. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely don't want to underestimate them though. Cause I think they could, uh, be a sneaky, uh, dark horse this year. Yeah. And you guys know that Parker, he controls all the tech, so I'm going to let him put up one and I just got to react to it. So Parker choose one and I'll just go. No, <laughs> oh, that's an easy one. Fangirl not subscribing to Canucks after dark. Don't, of course. So thank you for the reminder, fangirl, please. While you're here, if you haven't subscribed already, hit that button and also like the video while you're here. We appreciate you very much. Absolutely. Now, I have one I disagree with. Uh, this right. is Agam saying, booking a hotel the second the opening game is announced. Don't do that. But why not? I got to get there before all the hotels are taken up. There's a Seahawks game that weekend on the Monday, too. There's going to be oh. just a, there's going to be some demand. I got to get in there quickly. I uh, like that. And you said you had free cancellation, right? Just in case yes, you don't. It's free cancellation up until the Friday. I'm good. Which, which I was going to ask you. I forgot because uh, I forgot. Would you consider buying on the secondary market or are you only going to get go if you buy tickets like legit, you know, first hand depends on the price. Okay. <laughs> it's all going to come down to the price. Right, uh, I'll give right, this one right. to you. All right. <laughs> From Lucas, pick Morgan geeky over Jake Bean. Don't do that. You know, what's funny, Lucas is, um, 
my son Sean came down. He was going out for dinner, and that was the one pick he saw. And we both don't, didn't know who Morgan Geeky is. Of course, my 19-year-old uh, son Sean, who's way less mature than Parker, has made fun of Morgan's last name, of course. And then, uh, but Jake B, yeah, young 23-year-old defender, cheap, uh, great potential. I was surprised, but Parker, maybe they got something else. In I mind. was I very know. surprised because Jake yeah. Bean, I mean, he's like 23. Yeah. He looks like he might have like three, four upside, right? And that's yeah. that's something that you just take if it comes to you, right? Like they did it with Vince Dunn, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Vince Dunn was that sort of same idea where it's like, okay, this is a guy who, who will probably be a top four defenseman. You lock those up if you can because that's just good value. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to skip over time for hockey's because I do have that on our on our list of topics. Okay, uh, good. We'll get to that. Let's do uh, one more. Uh, you I'll choose. Give you, I'll give you this one. <laughs> I'm so giggly tonight. Pronouncing <laughs> names wrong or incorrectly during the expansion draft. Don't do that. Well, I think I went about 25 for 30, uh, i.e. 25 wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was surprising to me that they didn't like give him a little like pre-warm-up. Like, hey, by the way, this guy's name is Callie Yarncrook. All right. <laughs> let's let's do a little little dress rehearsal. Yeah. Callie Yarncrook. Right? Like that's all they had to do. Uh, oh. and on the on the same vein, Justin saying saying Carolina Panthers instead of Hurricanes. Don't do that. Who did that? Uh, I don't remember exactly who it was, uh, but it did happen and the Carolina Panthers um Wow. Uh, social media team ran with it. They started selling, or they changed their social media logo to the Hurricanes <laughs> logo with Panthers colors. The Amazing. Hurricanes started selling Carolina Panthers merch, uh, doing a bunch of stuff like that. So, wow. uh, by so the way, fun. that that one about Infermo pronouncing pronouncing names wrong. I realize now he's talking about Sean Kemp and Marshall. I thought he was talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you. Great suggestions, everyone. Great submissions. Uh, Parker and I, even if we don't get to read them on air, we do do go back and see them. So thanks Absolutely. for your creativity. Uh, What's next? I know we got a lot more. We got a bit more Canucks news to fire through. Let's get out of the Canucks, uh, Canucks right. weeds a little bit here. First one, Tyler Gravak to sign overseas. Uh, this came go ahead. a few days ago. I, I honestly, I really like Tyler Gravak this year. I thought he showed some flashes, but I guess uh, the Canucks didn't see the same thing. He thought he wouldn't have a spot in the NHL, so he's mm. gone. Next. Alex Edler. <laughs> this one's a little bigger. Uh, Alex yes. Edler, test free agency. Now, this this sort of headline came around last year as well. Um, and then the Canucks, or not last year, two years ago. And then they ended up signing him six six mil for two years. Yeah. Uh, but this one feels different. It looks like this might actually be the end. Yes. And I, I think this really came to a head around uh, trade deadline time, Parker, right? Because you always want to try and monetize your ufas if you don't think you're going to resign them whether the canucks thought they had a chance to sign him and they still do or whether they wanted to respect uh, alex edler and, and not even have him worry about having to move for two months right yes this is where we're at now and his uh <laughs> it was funny man his agent was on the dotty dollar show and he says canucks uh, alex edler <laughs> is going to go move on from the Canucks. And then mm. he started every answer. This is so funny. This is kind of bad because I have my own word whiskers. But everything that Mark Stowe, every answer started off with, well. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, what do you think about Alex Edler uh, looking at others? Well, <laughs> I, I shouldn't be making fun. It was just really funny. Yeah, Alex Edler, 
yeah, there's nothing to say that the Canucks can't loop back to him, but obviously there's a risk there because money is going to dry up. We saw that last year. Well, that's why Hamnick's sitting there signing for under a million and a half yeah. after basically right before the season starts. Yeah, you're right, Parker. This does feel different and because he's there's no breakdown in negotiations. There's no bad feelings. It's Alex Edler practically saying, I probably have two, three years max left. I'm going to look for a winning team, and I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't either. I'm I yeah. would 100% be in the same boat. But it's one of those things where you know people say you know, there was the whole like winning culture conversation the last few years, right? Yeah. And this, and I think Thomas Drance said it on the VanCast where it was like, look, this is one of those things that this is a a, a direct consequence of being a bad team and having a mm. bunch of bad things happen around the organization this year, right? A bunch of bad stuff happened around the Canucks this year, right? Uh, so yeah. you know, if you're Alex Eller, you might be thinking, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to move on now. And I think that's, you know, it sort of came to a head and that's, that's how it ends up. So, uh, the end of the Alex Edler era, 99 goals in a Vancouver Canucks uniform, and it will be poetry when he scores his 100th, uh, at Rogers arena against the Vancouver Canucks. No, no, no. I will cheer if that happens. You would. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I, I, I'd be smiling. I don't know if I'd be <laughs> yeah. smiling out yeah, of joy or in pain, but yes, I would be smiling. There's one thing I was, uh, last thing I was going to ask you about, Edler. Oh, um, not, it has nothing to do with the fact that the Sedins uh, came, but it, it's almost ironic, right? That they're the, he's the one holdover, the one guy that was really close to them, but yeah. obviously this was probably in the, in the cards for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think bringing the Sedins back was going to be too much of an impact on, uh, on that. Um, this is a good comment from Infernal. <laughs> <laughs> Infernal, that's good. You got both of them. Well, you're watching Canucks after dark. <laughs> Perfect. Um, all two right. tonight. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, I think that's all the Canucks stuff, right? Did anything else happen with the Canucks this week? I think that was uh, no Edler and Dickinson. I think are the biggest ones, I, I guess the one thing I could ask you, even if you don't have a graphic for it, but I would love to ask you, um, if you think Holtby's going to be moved. I think so. Mm. Uh, that's just like, again, I'm, no, I'm not an insider. I just, I feel like there's been so much talk around this happening that I yep. feel like it just might. I'm not 100%. I'm not even 70%. I'm probably like <laughs> 55, 45. Um, but, you know, I mean, I don't know who would take him. And if the, if the thing is that the Canucks aren't willing to retain salary, that's like, okay, well, then you're not going to get anything for him, right? I, I mean, unless you're giving up assets like like we saw the Islanders do with Ladd um, just a few days ago. Mm. Uh, I don't think uh, if they're not willing to retain salary, then I don't think so. And I think you're fine yeah. going into this year with a Demko Holby uh, tandem. Yeah. Uh, just from a goaltender standpoint, even though on the cap, you know, we're talking about over nine million dollars dedicated to your goaltending. Actually, mm-hmm. over twelve million dollars dedicated to your goaltending when you take uh, Roberto Luongo into account. <laughs> That's a good point. And then I'll, I'll just, we'll end with this one. Then we can go whatever you have the next banner. I guess the other way to free up money, uh, two ways. There's a buyout of Jake Vertanen potentially. And there's also this whole Nate Schmidt saga, which uh, you, depending on who you listen to, depending which way the wind is blowing. I like Schmidt. And, and if you're, if you're going to trade him away, you need a top four defensive back. Why not? It'd be this guy. I get it. Six million. If you can find a guy for 3 million, that's, that's very important money, but I don't know. I, I just think he didn't, it's not, like he didn't get a fair shake, but I would love to see him get one more chance. But if he's the one that's driving this, maybe he doesn't want to be here anymore. It's so tough right. to say. That is yeah. fair. 
Yeah. Uh, while we're here, before we get into the next topic, I do want to alert everyone. Look, we do shows every week, but this week we got two. Tomorrow, oh. not on Friday night. It's the NHL draft. At least the first round, the second or I think the second round go second through seventh goes on Saturday. But on yeah. Friday night, the Canucks pick ninth overall, uh, and we will be live at 10 p.m. To discuss it uh, i'm sure we'll both be live for the draft itself uh so if you want to if you don't care about the sports net feed you want to watch one of us instead you can of <laughs> course do that um but love it if, if you want both of our takes after the fact once we've had some time to digest and do a little more research we'll be exactly. live here at 10 p.m uh, so make sure you're subscribed and if you're listening to the podcast make sure you're subscribed to the podcast uh as well awesome watch us at five for our visceral spontaneous yes. reactions watch us at 10 for once we've actually had a chance to think about yes, things our calm cool and collected <laughs> uh researched opinions after that there you go um i want to talk a little bit about a division rival to the vancouver canucks who has ha- who have had a terrible week uh that's the edmonton oilers um <laughs> a bunch of just I, I i don't know what to say uh, ken holland is uh making interesting moves uh for the Edmonton Oilers. The first thing that happens, Adam Larson goes to yes. Seattle uh, on yes. a pretty cheap contract. Four years, four million per. Uh, pretty reasonable, especially since they gave Alexiak like 23 million. Um, <laughs> yeah. But look, at, like, tweet. A- yeah. Adam Larson going to Seattle. Uh, so they lose one of their top four defensemen. Yeah. That sucks for them. Right shot D man, 28 years old. And think Chris Tanner have got four times 4.5 to their. Alberta rival. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one that got away for sure. And I know you don't worry about what happened four years ago, but remember he got traded for Taylor hall. One for one big. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And then another thing that happened, uh, is the rumors are that Mike Smith is going to be re-signing on a multi-year deal was the quote that came out. Um, a 38, 30, I think he's 38, 38 year old goalie, who is wow. clearly on the decline and Ken Holland says, you know what? We're going to sign this guy for not one, but two years yeah. uh, because I guess we can't get people to stick around. And then now the rumor is Zach Hyman <laughs> was in Edmonton today to wow. meet with the brass of the Oilers. And now oh. there's, now they're rumored. There's rumors of either a six or seven year deal. And the Canucks were sort of in on this with Calgary uh, mm. a few days ago and I made a video saying don't do that don't yes. sign Zach Hyman that's way too much money I like or way too much term money was fine way too much term for a guy who's already 29 years old but the rumor is that Edmonton might be willing to do a sign and trade so that Hyman can get his eighth year of his contract by signing with the Leafs before getting traded if not six or seven years at five million five million plus for a 29-year-old middle six forward. Who's now not injury prone, but has been you know, susceptible to a couple of injuries. One thanks to one of our guys, Alex Edler. Well, former guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great, great point. I should pay more attention. Yeah, this, this is crazy. So, wow. Okay, Larson, we talked about. Mike Smith, yeah, not impressed by him. Sure, he's a decent puck handler. He's got good size, but yeah, he's old. He's getting old. And then, of course, this Zach Hyman thing. That's nuts, and 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 even even if McDavid wants someone to play with, is can Hyman? 
Maybe for one, two, three years. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. And the and the other rumor is now now they're circling back on Tyson Berry because Larson left, and and it's like yeah. again you're just like digging deeper and deeper in this hole. Well, this uh, is the same team that got Duncan Keith, right? Oh, I forgot to put Duncan Keith on here as well on this list. <laughs> Man, trading for the rest of Duncan Keith's contract. Like, I don't know what they're doing. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Uh, the Zach High one, though, is, I mean, you look at the comparables to this much money, right? Uh, yep. eight, say, let's call it six years at $5 million. Well, sure. Louis Erickson was coming off of a 30-goal season when the Canucks signed him to a 6x6. Six six. You looked at that one when it happened. You said, it might suck in the last two or three years, but he's going to be a really good player to start the contract. He wasn't. Yes. He took a no. he just took a dive off of a cliff. Zach Hyman, I mean, he's not he, he doesn't have that cachet that Louis Erickson did. He hasn't scored thirty goals in a season. Uh, like it's it, he like it doesn't make any sense to commit potentially thirty to forty million dollars to a guy who is at best a second line player. Yes, can you put Edmund's comment up, please? <laughs> I can try. <laughs> I mean, man, if you're Edmonton and you you finally you finally got rid of Peter Shirelli, yeah, he finally left, and now it's like, all right, here's Ken Holland, <laughs> have fun with this guy because he's not going to help you much either. He had it looked like he was doing well the first couple of weeks when he got brought in, but all these moves are just kind of crazy. Who did Edmonton lose today? Oh yeah, Larson. Uh, what was talking about Larson. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's rough. That's a rough look. Um, that is I, I see some people saying they they don't mind it. Obviously, as a division rival, but oh no, that, yeah, it's that, great for it's great <laughs> for the, all these things are great for us as Canucks fans. However, we are throwing stones from a glass house uh, at this point because it well is uh, we are <laughs> we can laugh all we want, but sometimes uh, our own our own leader <laughs> throws us under the bus a little bit. So Parker, imagine this: before Edmonton went a little bit crazy the last two weeks. If someone was going to ask me, hey, Clay, give me your early predictions for the Pacific Division next year, right? I would have said Vegas and Edmonton for me are one, two. I would have said Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, and LA would fight those four teams for the third and fourth playoff spots. And then I see Anaheim and San Jose being a little bit further down. But I know Seattle's roster is not set, but that wasn't very impressive. Edmonton's in shambles. I hate Calgary, so I don't know. It's just... Does Vancouver have a, a, a fighter's chance at making maybe even sec? Uh, that's way too early to say, but I like it. I like I it. Think, I think the Canucks do have a reasonable chance of being top three in this division okay. if they can return to form a little bit. Uh, yeah. And last year was a bit of a fluke. Um, yeah. But yeah. it also, I mean, I'm. it's way too early for me to count out the Kraken uh, just because, again, they still have $30 yeah. million dollars to spend. Uh <laughs> Edmonton has just handcuffed themselves contract wise to the point where I don't, I don't see how they're going to be any better next year. Yeah. Um, it just yeah. doesn't, it just doesn't add up for me. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We got about 10 minutes left. So I wanted to do uh, a couple more topics. One of them is maybe not a huge comparable, but uh, sort of this similar level, uh, ah. similar age. And that is Miro Heiskanen getting paid Eight yes. year extension from the Dallas Stars on his birthday uh, <laughs> at $8.45 million per year. That is a lot of money to pay a young defenseman, but it could end up being a good deal in the long run. Fair to say that as much as we were talking about Heiskanen, Makar, Hughes, and Darlene all negotiating as a block, all getting similar contracts. We know that Hughes is not getting this much money and especially this much term just yet because we simply can't afford to do that right now. 
Kill McCarr had arguably the best season of the three of them. Heiskanen was great in the playoffs last year. Yeah, exactly. So um, I I think we're going to start to see some separation, but it's – so to me, Parker, this is this is good news, uh, and it's a good news topic. But I don't know. Actually, I see less and less the connection now. Actually, and absolutely, the, the, the I think all, it's just age is the yeah. only comparison, and it's like, oh, good defenseman that is this age. Sure. Uh, but I mean, Heiskanen has shown that he is going to be a, a star in this league. Yeah. I, it, I, literally, I guess. Uh, he, does, <laughs> he does play for Dallas. Um, uh, yeah. And I, he is going to be, you know, Dallas's number one defenseman for a while, uh, yes. in my opinion. Uh, Kale McCarr is going to be Colorado's number one defenseman forever. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Hughes is probably going to be Vancouver's number one defenseman, maybe just yep. at a slightly lower tier, at least for right now. So yes. I think I think this sort of sets a, not a ceiling, but like a ceiling plus a million maybe, or, or a ceiling plus a bit, right? Because I, I think you look at this and say, okay, well, Hughes isn't going to get that close to this. Right? right. And it can't be that close to this. But, I mean, even though it probably is going to be a bridge anyways that this isn't super relevant, I just yeah. thought it was sort of an interesting uh, yeah. interesting topic. And in the comments, Nuxus49 says, Friedman said that Kale McCarr will make way more than what Miro made. So, I actually, I don't know, Parker. Have you heard much about whether he's trying to go bridge versus long term? I, I don't know. So I haven't heard either. But if I'm yeah. Kale McCarr, I'm, I'm asking for eight digits at this yeah. point i'm saying i'm saying look heiskanen is making eight by 8.45 i was a finalist for the norris this year yeah uh, and i was one like i was literally a top three defenseman in the entire world this year yeah you're paying me 10 minimum and he would have every right to ask for that in my opinion wow will be interesting to see what happens absolutely um and then i guess you know we literally said Two nights from now, Friday night, NHL draft. Uh, well, we haven't Kent, talked about it yet. Yeah, we. I mean, this is in two days from now. We've been so yeah. caught up with the expansion draft and yeah. uh, sort of the the big roster freeze, little trade frenzy that we're two way two days away from the draft, and we haven't really talked about it since the lottery, which I think was six weeks ago. That was our ninth <laughs> episode. This is our fifteenth episode. Wow. Uh, so it is. It's been a while. Uh, and those final rankings uh, coming out today from Bob McKenzie, where I think he just pulls a bunch of scouts. Yeah, and then um, does it like a conglomerate? Yes. Yeah, and it looks like Owen Power staying at that number one. Yeah. Uh, but what is interesting is every every single thing seems to keep centering on Kent Johnson being available at the number nine spot. Yeah, and you know, you see the province do an article about him. You see the athletic do an article about him. It's kind of like... People in this market, at least, are anticipating that he does fall to us at nine. And we've talked many times about how there's these four defensemen, these five forwards. That makes nine. You throw in a goalie or two that get picked above or a a random surprise pick. And the Canucks will have maybe one or two guys to choose from. But Ken Johnson, local, very speedy, Patrick Kane-like. In fact, people are talking about it. Um, Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Is he the best pick? He might be the best available at nine. Yeah, and I think I've sort of I've sort of gotten attached to him at this point just because <laughs> it's the name I keep seeing and yeah. the Pedersen comparable that that he sort of threw out there and everyone's saying like he's like he's trying to model his game after Pedersen, a great person to model a game after. Um, wow. Being a local kid, I think from Port Moody, uh, so you got that connection, and I think it's sort of everything's adding up to it. And the best part is if all of the rankings have him at number nine, and it. <laughs> 
from what I can tell, it seems like the Canucks really like him. Be just based on all this news coverage around this one yep. guy in particular, that has to come from somewhere, right? And it's probably from, you know, uh, one of the reporters around, like Dolly Wallace or someone, getting a, sort of hints that that's sort of the direction they're leaning. Uh, and I think that might be their target and everything sort of goes towards that. But him being sort of the ninth projected means that if he isn't available to the Canucks at nine, that means that someone higher on the list has dropped to them, uh, ah. which gets interesting, right? When we saw, um, you know, whoever it was that we were, the, the Canucks were projected to get in the Quinn Hughes year. Uh, and then Hughes dropped and it was like, wait, this guy wasn't supposed to be here. Let's go. Right. Uh, and so it yes. could be the case of, you know, a, a Brant Clark, maybe dropping a few spots down the list or a Luke Hughes, making it down to the Canucks. Yeah. If, uh, if New Jersey doesn't pick him up or a Mason McTavish or something like that. Right. It just takes a Barrett Hayton or a Sperry Kotkaniemi to get thrown into the mix for these guys to become available farther down the line. Yeah. And I think you'd agree. We know it's not going to be Owen power. We know it's not going to be Matthew Beniers, but yeah, the names you mentioned, I've heard Clark, I've heard Hughes, and uh, yeah, I haven't heard much of Gunther, Eklund, not even McTavish. So it might be a, and we might be looking at D-man potentially of, of of Hughes or Clark. Sure, definitely. That's fine with me. Definitely Ooh. possible. Again, I, I and I think um, I think I heard that they're they're going to try to get a forward and a defenseman is sort of their goal in the first two rounds, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I think if you see the Canucks get a get a Kent Johnson. Uh, type in the first round, maybe yep. look look for them to be maybe eyeing up the defensive side uh, in the second. Uh, I think they pick forty first in the second round, yes. uh, which is still a good pick, right? Forty first overall is uh, is definitely high enough to pick someone who will make a splash uh, potentially in the NHL. So I think the Canucks have two Im really really important picks because. These prospect cupboards are getting bare, right? As guys graduate, <laughs> as guys get taken by the Seattle Kraken, uh, yeah. as Pod Colson makes it into the NHL, Hoaglander's in the NHL, all these guys have already graduated, right? You look at, you're like, who's coming up? And it's like, okay, Pod Colson, but that's this year. After that, there's basically no one left on this list, right? Canucks didn't have a first-round pick next year. Uh, so to hopefully help to restock those cupboards, have guys, while you're in your competitive window, coming in on ELCs as supporting cast, super important uh, these next couple of days. Absolutely. No, it's it's good. Um, you know, I I don't know if you're, are you streaming Saturday? I, I know I'm not going to. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, I, I will not know a single name. It, the stream would be like, and the Canucks pick this guy. And I'm like, all right, let's type this into Google. Uh, all right, guys. He uh, he had yeah. six points in the Swedish league this year. I'm, uh, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> I'm with you. I have a, it's funny. I have a paper due that night, and I want to make sure I get to uh, Canucks After Dark. So um, I'll give you a hint. No, not a hint. I mean, I might only stream the top 10 picks, honestly. Talk about the Canucks <laughs> pick, and then, and then I'm send, send whoever's left to, to yours, and that would be awesome. Yeah, Perfect. I'll take it. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I guess I'm doing the whole first round. Let's go. Uh, I will be. Uh, I will have the snacks ready. Awesome. Uh, you guys can come hang out. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Tag team. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So the draft coming up, that's, I think we hit all of the topics I had listed here. Uh, awesome. So a couple minutes to go, uh, feel free to, uh, to throw a couple of questions at us. If you guys want for the last yeah. two or so, put Edmonds up, uh, if that's okay. Do you guys think a lot of trades will happen this Friday? Uh, I do. I, I don't think, uh, Seattle Kraken, as, as Parker mentioned, not a, there's not a lot of buzz about side deals. And I think Ron Francis even come out and said teams are a lot smarter this time than they yeah. were four years ago. But, yeah, I, I remember all these teams, including the Canucks, that were trying to get deals done before the roster freeze, 
th- those, those talks still count for something. So they're, Absolutely. yeah, they've made some leeway, I think. So I, I say yes. Yeah, I think I think Friday will be interesting, especially because there was just a flurry of things that happened, right? It's not like teams have had, you know, a month and a half to sit and wait <laughs> on things to come through and then sort of talk themselves out of it, right? Yeah, We're going to yeah. have people reacting to today, right? And yes. potentially tomorrow if anything happens. So it's going to be literally, all right, we've... A bunch of stuff happened in the last 48 hours. We now have to adjust and adapt to this if we want to. You know, there might be a bunch of teams saying, all right, now we might be the fifth best team in our division. What do we have to do to get into that top four, top three? And I think the Canucks might be in that boat. Um, So it will be interesting to see see what's going on there. Coming in hot and heavy, take your pick and go for it. Uh, All right. Um, um, Wow, I am... I am slow to pick things up here. Just random. Just close your uh, eyes and click. Close my eyes and pick. Um, this is interesting uh, from Jogue Paul. Uh, why did the Kraken get more D than offensive guys? You want to start? Sure. I, I think it comes down to value. Um, and I, the Vegas did this too, where they said you have to pick uh, something like 25 predetermined uh, positions or 26 predetermined 26, positions, yeah. which means you get four extra. Right? You have to pick 14 forwards, nine defensemen, three goalies, and then you have four more picks. And what Vegas did is they said, okay, we're going to take all four of those picks and we're going to take one position. And now we have a slight stranglehold on that position and we can trade those guys. We have the leverage. Uh, and I think Seattle did a similar thing and it worked really well for Vegas, right? They were able to make some moves. They did get stuck. I think with Jason Garrison, they weren't able to move that. They got stuck with his contract. Um, and there was rumors that Seattle might try to do this with goalies, right? They might take Carey Price, Chris Dreger, Braden Holtby, uh, Capo Kakinen, Vitek Vanacek, take all these guys. We now have six goalies, right? And there's a bunch of teams that need goalies, right? Toronto needs a goalie. Uh, Edmonton might need a goalie. Uh, there's all these teams that, you know, they, their goaltending's weak. Well, maybe we can dish a, a carry price of Braden Holpe at, at a premium and try to sort of corner the market on this one position. So I think that might have been the idea. Nothing to add. You nailed it. That was perfect. Great. Uh, anyone you want to pick out here? Yeah, give me um, any free agents you want the Canucks to sign. Because I've looked at this. we we got to be realistic. I love to say, you know, Ovechkin, but we got to be realistic yes, about the money. I would love that. <laughs> uh, I looked at... If if possibly Edler and Hamnick are going, I've looked at Mike Riley, who is the young uh, defenseman who went from Ottawa to Boston. I really like him. I've looked at Cody Cece, a right shot defenseman who's still uh, 26, 27. Uh, so those are the two guys that I think maybe, well, they're due for raises, but they're not going to be like four or five million dollar guys. It might be two and a half, three million. I've also looked at Brock McGinn, who can play both wings, um, a forward. It, Carolina still, right? I think. I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, but all three of these guys between the ages of 25 and 30, so they're not super expensive. And uh, I think those are the kind of guys we might have to be looking at. So those are three names that I, I'll throw out there now. You don't want Landeskog? <laughs> I love them. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I, I, yeah, the Canucks are really have to work within a set few million dollars at the end of the yeah. day, right? So yeah. we're not going, we're not going big game hunting. Uh, if you're the Canucks, you're looking at the, you know, the sort of mid to low end options of like the Brock McGinn's and guys like that. I haven't done too much research in, in who's yeah. available, uh, but I mean, free agency is soon, right? Isn't that yep. a week? <laughs> it's a week. You got it. Today. That's, that's our next Wednesday show. That's yes. our next Wednesday show, free agency day one. So a ton of fun shows to keep track of here. So uh, 
Friday night, our first show or our first week doing two shows in a week. Uh, so Friday night after the first round of the NHL draft and Wednesday night after day one of free agency, where we'll start to see what the Canucks are doing um, and start to maybe see what this roster might look like come October 12th when the season starts. Absolutely. So to wrap up, uh, Parker, I know you always give me one last word to, to add in. I'll, I'll say this proactively. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been talking about for the past two months. This one week of madness actually started with a couple days earlier with the roster freeze, but we're day one down expansion draft. We have the free agent. Uh, we have the, the NHL draft and free agency. It's going to be good. And um, every team is shaping their future, but the Canucks almost, uh, I wouldn't say the, the most out of everyone, but certainly very important. Uh, seven to 10 days coming up. And uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to to chat about it and react to it with you. Remember, friends, we are not the insiders. We are good at reacting to what the insiders say. Yep. And of course, we love all of your opinions. So <laughs> uh, make sure, if you're not already, make sure you're subscribed to the, uh, to the channel here on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere. Follow us on Twitter, both of us. I'm at Parker's Box. He's at Canuck Clay. Follow our YouTubes. We'll have videos up whenever anything interesting happens, usually. Uh, so make sure you're around for that. It is going to be a very, very exciting next seven or eight days, uh, as it has been the last four days or so. Uh, so a lot of stuff for us to talk about it is going to be action-packed, so make sure you stay tuned. Anyways, that's all we've got. Um, it is uh, the end of our show, and uh, we'll see you guys on Friday. Have a good one. <laughs>